It's Lynn Carson with a PhD in grain sciences, eating 90 loaves in 90 days. She's pitching loaf, pitching loaf. Tune in and carb up. 90 loaves in 90 days. We're pitching loaf, pitching loaf. You're listening to the Pitching a Loaf podcast. Welcome to Pitching a Loaf podcast. This is the 11th episode of our series. It's also the second to last episode, which makes me real sad because I have to stop eating bread as an experiment soon. Anyway, today's podcast will cover the importance of cleaning up your label and baking organically. Please welcome my co-host. Dave Dawn, co-founder of Dave's Killer Bread. And I... (laughs) And my name is Lynn Carson, founder, CEO of Bakerpedia. You know, the only online commercial baking encyclopedia. Before we start, I'd like to acknowledge that this podcast is sponsored by Corbion. With their line of pristine products, you can clean up your label, get rid of ADA ingredients, and even bake organically. With all the backlash from the public today about bread having chemical ingredients, why not use pristine to clean up your label? Contact Corbion today at C-O-R-B-I-O-N.com. That's Corbion.com. Dave, tell me, why did you start DKB? Is it because of bread labels? Did they, did they bother you? Well, no, absolutely. You know, it was really about uh, making good bread. And it, it just happened that, you know, I, my idea of good bread means clean label, um, as well as something that just tastes really good, and that's what I was a- aiming for. Um, and I remember your tagline was... Just say no to bread on drugs. <laughs> I think that because was really drugs, cool. you know, drugs meaning, you know, something, some garbage in bread that shouldn't be there. Right. Um, you know, that's really, uh, in fact, uh, all this chemicals that you talk about is actually gener- generally regarded as safe grass safe to eat um, but I really feel that in this day and age with all the natural alternatives provided to us through enzymes we should take advantage of it um, so with us here today to talk about cleaning up the label is Meredith from Orlando Baking Company they are based out of Cleveland Ohio and produce over 250 varieties of fresh and frozen half-baked breads, rolls, and specialty items. With over nine production lines in a 250,000 square feet state-of-the-art facility, Orlando Baking Company delivers fresh bread to the Cleveland, Youngstown, and Columbus area. I know that because I used to live there. They also have a co-manufacturing program that serves the private labeling market. Hi, Meredith. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Hey, Meredith. Uh, Most bakeries are in the process of eliminating ADA and other emulsifiers to follow the clean label trend. Are you guys in the process of doing this? We sure are. We are in the process of cleaning up our label, and that's definitely an ongoing process. Um, We're finding that consumers these days are really educating themselves both online and in talking with their peers about what goes into the food that they eat every day. So this is everything, everybody from, you know, your 
your mom feeding their kids, the health conscious consumer, and definitely the millennials these days. So the demand for the clean label started coming up uh, a couple of years back. And the first one uh, ingredient to make headlines was bromate. So mm-hmm. we basically worked really dil- diligently to remove all of the bromate from our flowers. And then next up was ADA, which was the whole yoga mat story. Um, mm-hmm. So again, we removed all the ADA from all 250 plus uh, varieties wow. of our bread. Um, and something you know you touched on it earlier is that consumers just need to remember that the the, the ADA was and still is an FDA approved mm-hmm. ingredient. Right. Um, but basically, the consumers asked to have it removed, and we removed that uh, from our products. We, you know, at Orlando Baking Company, we've been in business for 145 years, and we've been in business that long because we care about our customers, and we definitely want to make sure that they're happy with the products that they're buying. You know, yeah, sounds to me like you succeeded in cleaning up your label. Um, So to me, my my biggest concern as a a, uh, high-volume baker is, did you experience any slowing down in the line um, efficiencies when you switch out from these uh, ADA or uh, SSL datum to natural alternatives? You know, we actually didn't see any slowdown in our on our lines, but we definitely would say that there was extensive testing going on, okay. um, which basically means uh, instead of making a product that's going to go to market, we were making a product that ultimately couldn't be sold because there was a lot of a lot of testing. Um, so that must so, be the biggest know, challenge then is to try to switch over and spending a lot of resources in the process of doing that. Definitely. Lots yeah. of time, uh, lots of resources, you know, and obviously lots of money. Um, consumers, I think these days, you know, they hear, you know, a red flag ingredient and they say, we don't want that anymore. But there's still that demand that they want that same taste. They want that same texture of the bread. They want that same volume. You know, so it's our job as AIB trained bakers to basically make that happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you being a food scientist, you understand that, you know, that's a lot harder um, more oftentimes than not. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we were, you know, we were glad to accept that challenge and we take pride in, you know, listening to our customers. Mm -hmm. I understand that you guys have an innovation that makes your product different. What is, what's that all about? Uh, well, there is uh, one product um, or a line of products. It's our probiotic true grains bread uh, that basically has the seal of approval from the Cleveland Clinic for being a healthy choice of bread. Uh, right now, we're currently offering three different varieties of the probiotic bread. So that's going to be our Sea Delicious, and that contains chia seeds, oats, flax, millet, sunflower seeds, all of which are really high in omega-3s, which are great for brain function and heart disease. Mm. And then the other one is going to be our purple wheat raisin. And so that's um, a unique uh, raisin bread in which it's actually made with a purple wheat that uh, stops I got the it right here. index. I got it right. I brought it right here for Dave to try, the purple wheat raisin. Sorry. Sound, sound effects. Oh. Sound effects, please. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We're eating your bread as we talk about your bread. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, do you enjoy it? Is it pretty good? Yes. We're pretty big fans. You know, I have a here. question about that uh, purple wheat. Why did you decide to use purple wheat? 
Sure. So uh, basically, uh, one of our ingredient suppliers had come to us and said, hey, there's this uh, great wheat out there. And uh, like I said, it stops your glycemic index from spiking. So you don't really get that crash that you normally would for more processed bread. Wow. Um, and it's also high in antioxidants. So that helps with a good immune system. So so that's one of the reasons um, that we went with the purple wheat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one that we offer right now is our honey wheat. And just like the previous two breads I just mentioned, mm-hmm. this one is 100% whole grain so each slice is 17 grams uh, per serving of whole grain. So, you know, for comparison for your audience, if you're going to have all your whole grains in a day, you should aim for about 48 grams. Mm-hmm. So you have a slice of toast in the morning with a little bit of peanut butter and bananas, and then you've got a sandwich at lunch. You're getting all of your FDA-recommended whole grains with our True Grain line of well, bread. That's the kind of bread so, I want. Yeah. Yeah. So- so and then actually, we're just about to roll out um, another product extension, which is our Sea Delicious English Muffins, oh. um, which is, they are amazing. And I definitely will make sure to send some of those your way so you guys can That'll sample awesome. those as well. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, this first slice has me feeling a lot healthier already. I wonder if I eat <laughs> the whole loaf, if I'll even feel like 10 times healthier. Let me see. <laughs> Mm. Well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you in a few days because that's gonna be part of my diet for the next few days. I will see. I just stole part of your part of your food. <laughs> yeah, it, don't eat it. it all, Dave. Mm. Leave some for me. I love I love how you guys like took this product and try to pack as much nutrients in as as possible, Meredith. I have a few questions about it though. Um, I know that generally probiotics can't tolerate baking. How do you do it and you know, why is your probiotics different? Sure. Lynn, that's a great question, and we actually get it quite a bit. Um, we use a special patented probiotic that is extremely shelf-stable, and that's due to the cells and spores' ability to form a protective um, casing around the spore. So just like a plant seed waits to grow until spring when the mm-hmm. temperatures are just right, the moisture levels are just right, our probiotic spores wait to germinate and grow or basically do what they're meant to do until they reach the intestines where the conditions are just right. So this protective shell also gives our probiotic the ability to survive that heat of the baking process and that journey through the digestive tract with um, the acids and the heats. And most other probiotics um, just simply can't survive these stresses. So, you know, we took a lot of time and due diligence in researching what probiotic we were going to use. Mm-hmm. And so when we tell people about that, they say, oh, that sounds kind of scientific and a little bit scary. Yeah. And we want to just tell people that our probiotic is sustainable and it's naturally occurring. This is a non-GMO ingredient, and there's absolutely no engineering. So we, you know, this probiotic is organic compliant. It's gluten-free. It's kosher and halal. It's tasteless. It's vegan. And, of course, it's safe. You know, we're not going to put anything in our bread that's, you know, not safe. I was just going to ask So that. you had mentioned yeah. it earlier, but this, um, this specific strain um, the bacillus strain that we're using mm-hmm. it does have that FDA Graw um, status. Oh, so. good. So, do you have uh, any any information as to why consumers actually need probiotics and 
do they know they need probiotics? Well, I definitely would say that there's plenty of reasons why people need probiotics. Um, but maybe backing up a little bit is maybe just to explain what a probiotic really is so that your audience understands. Mm-hmm. And so a probiotic is, um, according to the World Health Organization, it's a live microorganism which, when taken in adequate amounts, offers a health benefit. So in other words, probiotics are good, friendly, or healthy bacteria. So when you're ingesting it, it's going to help support a healthy digestive tract and a healthy immune system. And, you know, just so you understand, your digestive system, which, you know, your digestive tract is 20-plus feet long, it's home to 70% of your immune health. And that's where all those vital nutrients, the minerals, vitamins, all of that is absorbed right there. Mm -hmm. So from the day you were born, your digestive tract has been exposed to a steady stream of bacteria. You know, some of that is helpful, some of that is harmful, but the key to keeping that good intestinal health is maintaining a good balance of those helpful and harmful bacteria. So over time, there's many, many factors that, you know, would be a reason why probiotics would be helpful or why your digestive tract is, you know, maybe a little bit out of whack. And that can be your diet. It could be stress. It could Mm -hmm. be just simply aging, hormonal changes, medicine. Um, So basically, a consumer might feel the effects of this disbalance Mm -hmm. with bloating or constipation, maybe, you know, too many trips to the bathroom, maybe not enough trips to the bathroom, (laughs) that kind of deal. So we like to, you know you know, level the playing field of that good and bad bacteria, you know, by adding probiotic fortified foods um, to your diet. Is there any way to know, though, that that we're getting the probiotics that we need? How are we guaranteed as customers of yours that we are actually eating the probiotics? Definitely. Another another great question. Um, And I think that you know, probiotics in general are working to, uh, you know, educate consumers because all probiotics are not created equal. Right. We know that We know that right away. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about probiotics and you talk about food, the first thing that the majority of Americans are going to talk about is yogurt. And not to say that there's anything wrong with that yogurt culture and that probiotic in there, but what we're saying is our probiotic is 10 times more effective than those yogurt cultures because they have that protective spore that's per, that's protecting them till they get to where they need to be doing all the work that they're doing in the gut. So when you're thinking about choosing a probiotic in whatever form you're going to want to do, you want to ask yourself, you know, is this safe? Has it been reviewed by the FDA? You know, what's the shelf life of this? You know, can it survive the harsh manufacturing? You mm-hmm. know, what about, can it survive in your digestive tract? And, right. you know, has there been any scientific research done with this? Um, and, of course, you know, we go ahead and we send out our bread to a lab to test a couple of times a year to ensure that you are getting That's the amount idea. of probiotics that mm-hmm. you need. Good. So... Yeah. I got to go to the bathroom, by the way. <laughs> um, I don't know what's going on. But... It will not have that effect, I promise. Yeah, Dave. That's, that's immediate. No, that's just a coincidence. Okay. Yeah. 
But, um, you know, in addition to obviously, you know, making sure that, you know, you're getting a healthy dose of probiotics, you know, we at Orlando Baking Company really want to make sure that you're also just in general getting a healthy choice of a bread. So we worked um, extensively with the Cleveland Clinic to basically meet their criteria of their Go Well program. And if you're not based maybe outside of, if you're not based out of Cleveland, you might not know exactly what that program is. Uh, but basically, that program was developed to help individuals make healthy living choices mm-hmm. when it comes to the foods we ate, types of exercises, how we're dealing with stress, how we're dealing, you know, healthy sleeping habits. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, according to the Cleveland Clinic, scientific evidence links poor eating habits with the increase of risk of certain diseases and conditions. Mm-hmm. So the mindset nowadays is all about preventative medicine. So the better you eat, the lower your chance of developing diseases and disabilities, and the less you're going to age your mind and your body. And the Cleveland Clinic this year was ranked the number two um, hospital, uh, overall best hospital by U.S. News and World Report. So we kind of like to think that the Cleveland Clinic knows what they're talking about a little bit. Right. <laughs> Um, But they basically set forth um, a bunch of criteria that we um, went back and forth, back and forth to make sure that we met those. And so those criteria are 100% whole grains, no manufactured trans fats, uh, a low amount of sodium, below four grams of added sugar, below four grams of saturated fat. And so we have definitely met or way exceeded all of their criteria. their criteria to be a healthy food choice. So we were really excited about that. Great. Well, it's been great talking to you, Meredith. Uh, thanks for coming on. Do you have any questions Thank for you. Lynn or, or myself? Do I have any questions? Well, like you had mentioned, you're, you're rounding home on your 90-day challenge, mm-hmm. uh, bread challenge, which I'm excited, obviously, the end results, but I also <laughs> want to keep it going. Um, are we going to hear more from you after the 90 days? Well, you know, um, I don't think I'm going to go past 90 days because it's a really restrictive diet. And um, and I know you want me to go on on this journey to eat more bread, but I am going <laughs> to think and formulate a uh, well-balanced diet um, that, that, uh, that is very bread-centric. So hopefully more bread within a day than most people do, but definitely not a loaf. Um, but thanks for asking because, you know, that made me think a little bit more about what I'm going to do in a, a very near future. Um, I, but I wouldn't be surprised with me eating, uh, still continuing eating bread and still con- continuing, you know, supporting bakers like yourself to, to showcase the different really innovative products coming out from your bakery. So um, thank you, Meredith, for coming on the show. Good luck, yeah, Meredith. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And hopefully the, ni- the next time you both are in Cleveland, you can come by our facility for a little tour and Absolutely. catch up a little bit more and maybe break some bread together. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Bye. Thank you. Hey, this is Killer Dave. Things have changed a lot since I last made bread four years ago. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Corbion, for sponsoring this podcast. Are you having a hard time getting your bread off drugs? Haven't found the perfect replacement yet? Well, contact their sales team at Carbion.com. Lynn, how did the baking industry evolve to use so many doggone additives? 
Well, Dave, the reason why we have these additives in there is because a lot of us bakers need it to run our product consistently in a high-speed volume kind of way. And you know, to reiterate, these additives are grass. You know, generally recognized as safe by the FDA. Um, and I personally uh, don't see any danger to consuming them. But then I am not the majority of the consumers, and um, the consumers these days don't want chemical-sounding names on their bread labels. And with us today is Christy Griggs. Hi, Christy. Hi, guys. Hi. Christy is a uh, food scientist at Corbion. Um, what I would like to know is, Christy, why are products like Datum, ADA, and SSL in our baked goods, um, uh, how did they get there anyway? You know, um, being that uh, we didn't start out baking bread with these ingredients, how did these items end up in our bread, bread labels? So before I can answer your question, um, I would like to briefly kind of go over the baking process in a, a standard commercial bakery. Mm -hmm. Then I can better answer your question. Um, so if you can think of uh, powdered and liquid ingredients being added to a large industrial mixture, usually they're horizontal mixers, uh -huh. um, and they are mixed uh, to develop into a dough and create develop, uh, optimal development. At this point, the dough has been pretty abused at this point, so it needs to go through a resting period where it goes to a divider, then it's rounded and molded and then sent into a, a proof box for about an hour at roughly 105 degrees Fahrenheit. Yep. Um, really and 85 high. degrees or 85% relative humidity. Mm -hmm. And then at this point, the dough is very fragile coming out of the Correct. proof box and heading into the oven. You may imagine that pans can be, be hitting and, and yeah. bouncing around and causing um, the bread to lose its volume or even blister. So, to an to be so answering your question, SSL, Datum, and ADA um, serve a very important uh, function and providing bakers with those solutions for those transfers, um, allowing more tolerance uh, between that proofing box stage into the oven. So without SSL or datum as a strengthener, you would have less consistent product with lower volume um, on your shelves and, and potentially more of uh, what we call cripples or non-usable mm -hmm. uh, product. Higher waste. Um, SSL and Datum are still used today, um, and they're just an easy addition to solve a very troublesome problem in our commercial bakery. Hey, Christy, I've seen a lot of those cripples in my lifetime. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do, do yeah, you, uh, exactly. What do you use? Do you use enzymes in the pristine solution? Uh, yes, Corbion um, has a pristine line that uses a complex blend of enzymes to mimic those functions as SSL or datum. Um, the use of enzymes allows Corbion to satisfy our customer demands by cleaning up the ingredient level ingredient legend and improving our product, uh, you know, quality. Mm -hmm. 
enzymes are used in multiple um, reasonings. My job as a scientist are to match those dough conditioners with the enzyme functionality. Um, one example is using, you know, lipases as a strengthening emulsifier, right. um, but knowing that it, it has limitations and it can't be used in high fat systems. <laughs> While like a protease, uh, amylase or xylanase are used mainly for like dough relaxers and mix reducers. So, so with a product like Pristine, if if a baker uses it, what does the bread? What would the bread label look like? So your standard bread um, for like a conditioner would have SSL, ADA, mm-hmm. datum. Correct. Um, now using Pristine, we can replace SSL, ADA, and datum, which is simply um, wheat flour, calcium sulfate as a carrier, and you know wheat flour is already in your ingredient legend. Um, and then just the enzyme as the important functional component. That's that sounds great. So we're taking away three and putting it putting in two. Two, right? Yeah. Exactly. So calcium sulfate. So I have a question about the calcium sulfate. That sounds chemically too. I mean, what would you say to consumers who say, "Well, what does calcium sulfate do? Why do we need mm-hmm. it in there?" Yeah, we get that question <laughs> a lot. <laughs> um, calcium sulfate is just mainly a filler that we use. Mm-hmm. Um, and also a great source of calcium. Yeah. So we, we, we like it. <laughs> right. And if any of uh, our listeners have any questions on calcium sulfate, just uh, type in calcium sulfate in Wikipedia.com and you'll, you'll get exactly. the, the answers to what calcium sulfate do. I just had a spoon of calcium sulfate with my sandwich uh, <laughs> at lunch. So I'm feeling pretty good. Um, you know, Christy, other than bread solutions, do you have any other clean label solutions for like cookies, cakes, and the like? Oh, yes, Dave. Thank you for asking. Um, (laughs) We do have a few options for our um, cake solutions. With the increasing demand of clean label options for our sweet good area, Corbion just recently launched the pristine vanilla cake. Um, We also, we have a cake complete cake mix and a, a base which you can just add water, oil, eggs um, to it. And then now we're currently working on a pristine chocolate mix um, as well. So that should be coming up soon. That's great. great. Um, so one last question. Since we have a few organic bakers listening to this show, what products can organic bakers use from your line? Sure. Um, actually, this is kind of a up-and-coming area in, um, for us, uh, but Corbion has a few options available in the organic line. With mm-hmm. dough conditioners, we currently have a pristine extra with organic flour. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as complete mixes and bases, we have um, particular uh, applications such as our pristine tortilla base. Um, but as enzyme technology grows, Corbion continues to expand in this area and providing those consumers with some of the amazing solutions uh, for their baking needs. So, yes, we're getting there. <laughs> thank you. Slowly but surely. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thank you, Christy, for coming on to this really show. cool. Yeah. Thinking about going organic. I sure am. <laughs> well, I hope this podcast gets you in the right direction. I would like to thank Corbion for sponsoring the show. Without sponsors, we will not be able to bring this podcast series to you. Just remember, Corbion can provide that organic solution. Reach out to their sales team today at corbion.com. Till the next episode, bakers.
Loaf y'all later. What does that even mean? <laughs> Face palm. You've been listening to Bakerpedia's Pitching a Loaf podcast, hosted by Dr. Lynn Carson. Our show is co-hosted by Dave Doll and David Dublau. The Pitching a Loaf jingle is done by Creative Mills. Our associate producer is Anna Rink. Show notes by Joanna Evanouk. Our podcast cover art is designed by Kurt Rawsus. The Pitch in a Loaf podcast is produced at Bigfoot Podcast Network in the heart of beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon.